Welcome to Cup of Joy, the podcast. I'm your host, Heidi B., Chief Joy Officer and Divorce Coach at Joyfully B. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you shift your junk to joy, heartbreak to healing, and free the funk so you can move forward faster. We don't just survive, we thrive by using joy as our GPS to create a life you're obsessed with. I invite you now to grab your cup of joy juice for another epic episode like my mama B always says, put a smile on your face and joy in your heart. And with that, let's start. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited for our topic today. I know it's one that's going to be really, really powerful in each and every one of your lives. And I have a special guest. I have Amy Bauman, who is a personal and professional development facilitator who specializes in nurturing her clients' growth mindset and goal achievement. Her passion for helping others achieve their goals and not settle for the ho-hum life led her to create her business, Your Development Resource, where she works primarily with women in business to gain confidence, learn strategies to overcome overwhelm, and create action plans to see wins faster and more consistently. Amy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be on your podcast. I love listening to your episodes. Oh my gosh. I'm glad that you're a listener and now you're going to share all of your goodies and all of your golden nuggets with these awesome, awesome folks. So I'm pumped to have you today because this topic is one near and dear to my heart, but one that took me a really long time to learn and even longer time to accept and integrate into my life. And it's not that it's necessarily the things that you and I are going to talk on are hard. It's just that they require practice and intention. And that is choosing to have a powerful possibility perspective. So that's what we're going to jam on today, you guys. And since you work so closely with women on growth mindset and goal achievement and putting that plan in place, I knew that this would be the perfect fit for us to jam on today. So I'm pumped. But first of all, can you maybe begin by sharing a little bit about you and your journey and why you're so passionate about helping others gain confidence and overcome overwhelm? Of course. So I have a very long story. I'll keep it kind of the narrower version. But um, starting at the beginning, I always knew that I was going to be a school teacher. When I was little, I would play teacher with my stuffed animals. Throughout school, when a teacher needed a tutor for somebody, I would step in and do that. I just loved teaching. Mm -hmm. And I got my undergrad in education. And then I taught in a school or in school system for three years (laughs) and realized that was not for me. (laughs) So, and I think a lot of people can identify with us when we think something is our purpose for so many years. And then you find out it's not, you're kind of just lost and looking for what the thing is going to be. So I thought, okay, well, let's use the skill sets of a teacher to find a career that I will love, which made sense to go into office work and led into corporate. Long story short, I landed in an office that was very toxic and I was had just had my first baby. And luckily I was able to, due to my husband switching careers, I was able to be a stay-at-home mom. So for six years, I got to be out of that. Um, Here's the thing. It was such a blessing in the timing, but I found that I'm just a driven person. And as much as it takes your energy and your love and 
everything to raise children. If you're also driven and need to have your own accomplishments and be with adults, you need to be outside the home as well. So there was this great conflict in me between feeling really blessed to be a mom, but feeling really guilty because I need to be out doing something for me. It wasn't until later that I was able to change that to an and. I love being a mom and I'm going to go do something for me. And I think that is so key looking back. I wish I could have made that mindset switch sooner, but it was part of the journey. So when I did, that's really what led me into corporate job. My volunteer role was actually working with women in the corporate environment, teaching them professional development. Um, I decided if I'm going to be in corporate, I should probably get a degree in business because I'm that person who you have to have a degree or a certification or something. So I got this master's in business psychology and the first course, I was like, that's it. I'm going to use my teaching skills from before. I'm going to apply what I've learned or what I'm learning in this program. I'm going to start my business and teach women personal and professional development skills. So like I said, that is a long story to tell you how I got here, why I'm so passionate about it. You know, I see women's potential that maybe they don't see yet. Okay, but to tie this into the show, what are my possibilities? And I love bringing that out for them and help them nurture that. Mm, That makes so much sense. And I love the and perspective. I think just by inserting the word and is such a big perspective of possibilities, right? It doesn't have to be this or that. It can be this and that. I really love that too, because as our listeners are going to learn very soon, I'm going through a rebrand of Cup of Joy. The podcast is shifting to Your Divorce Planner. Joyfully Divorce is shifting to Your Divorce Planner. And the reason why I did that, you're really bringing, kicking that up in me, is that I came from a background of being a corporate event planner and incentive planner for over 15 years. And the whole idea is to be able to create these incredible feelings and experiences and moments for people to remember in their lives. And without a powerful plan in place and a lot of really good partnerships, that vision doesn't come to life. It finally dawned on me that, oh my gosh, I am your divorce planner. So taking my divorce coaching and marrying it with that event piece, it's the and piece, right? The and Mm -hmm. perspective, the potential of the and puts these two pieces together like you did with your teaching and in your powerful business tools. And through both, all parts of you, both parts and all parts of ourselves, we can create something that is even more electric and impactful in other people's lives. You know, it's always like this journey that we're on. And we're going to talk about that in just a minute here too. But if we just allow ourselves to know, I can't quite see it right now. This moment is a leading me on path to something that I can't even see just yet. That's a really powerful perspective to have. So I love that. I love knowing people's backstories and how they got to be right here where they are now passionate about serving in the way that they do, because you're creating so much impact with this version of you, with the and version of you. One of the things I love many things about you, but one of the things I love about you and the way that you interact with other women is really saying, don't settle, right? Don't Mm -hmm. settle. You only get this one life to live attitude. Where does that come from for you? 
So I think that goes back to working with those feelings of mom guilt and realizing, okay, yes, I love this. And (laughs) I only have this one life. So what am I going to do with that? And I feel like it will sound so like, duh, when I tell you, but it's amazing when I say it and watch clients or women in my community really absorb it and see the light bulb. You only get one life, like duh, right? We know this. We have one life to live, but we spend so much time thinking about someday I'm going to do this. One day I'll do this. Right now, I'm taking care of my family. Right now, I'm in this role that I may or may not love, and I'm going to take care of my teammates and put myself on the back burner. So a few years ago, I read this book. It's called Someday is Not a Day of the Week. And that's kind of how I pulled this together. Again, it sounds so simple to tell people you only get one life, but pulling that all together and saying, okay, if you recognize you only get this one life, then why are you putting everything off? Like time is our most valuable asset. It's not renewable, um, our best resource, I should say. It's not a renewable resource. We need to make the most of it while we have it. And yet we still want to put things off as if we have an infinite amount of time, as if this life we're going to take care of our family and maybe next life will take care of us. And just realizing this is it. You've got to go for the things that you want to go for. And I have to throw this in as well, because it's something that I just find with pretty much every woman I talk to is there's some sort of fear that we're resisting. And that is part of why we don't live the life that we really want, because we're resisting that fear. We want to just say, no, I'm going to push this down. I'm really not going to try this because we don't want to deal with that fear. Mm. And I feel like that fear gets in the way of so many things. It delays our desires. And it's interesting because we don't fear that there's another day, right? We just fear the things that we get to do in that next day. We fear all the things that are the unknown and the uncertainties. I used to say to my clients, I love that that book will put in the show notes, someday is not a day of the week. I always say to my clients, soon is not a start date. Do you Mm -hmm. ever say to your gal pals or people that you're networking with in business, like, hey, we should get together soon. Like soon is not a start date. It is a very intangible. It has no intention behind it. It's just kind of a blasey, blasey word. My mom actually called me out on this one time. She was like, I hear you constantly saying to people because she knows I love people and I love connection. I'm like, we should do that soon. We should have that soon. We should plan that soon. And she's like, you're really good. You're a great dreamer and inviter, but you're poor at making that happen or just like following through. Like you're really good at wanting these things, but soon is not a start date. So I love asking yourself the question, like, what are you putting off? Like, Mm -hmm. I think that everybody could do a great journal session on that after this podcast. What are you putting off and what's in the way? What fears are popping up for you? What is in the way? In what ways did you find yourself in settling in life? And what got you to wake up and choose to try instead of, you know, 
to really make things that you wanted on a consistent basis? Like, What were you settling for? Yeah. So I think in my earlier years, again, going back to, I think fear is the thing that makes you settle or one of the things I was always afraid of embarrassing myself or, you know, having that failure and be so publicly failed. So I can remember going through high school, like I just want to be almost invisible um, and not humiliate myself. Let me get out of high school without any major embarrassment. And then I think as I, as I just kept getting older, you know, going through college, starting to work, having to rely on yourself a little bit and getting those wins and accomplishments. And then you're like, okay, I'm fully capable of this. I don't need to be invisible. There is no big humiliation coming. Probably, I say probably because that's the next fear that women have when they decide to start their own business is putting it out there. And now they're afraid of all the people who know them in one role, seeing them launch as a business owner. And they're afraid they're going to say like, you know, who does she think she is? So that's a whole other fear that could keep you settling, not breaking out of your comfort zone. But yeah, for me, so I really think, like I said, one was that just let's not embarrass myself. But two is, you know, not wanting to rock the boat, you know, being raised and and wanting to be the mom and the wife and the nurturer and take care of everybody. You don't want to rock the boat. If you have a dream, you are thinking, how's this going to impact everybody around me? And if I make these waves, how does that shake up their life? And so you kind of just keep playing small. And eventually, and again, for me, this came with age. I would say once I turn 40, I don't know what magic there is in turning 40. I've always heard women say that you become more of yourself, that you just care a little bit less about what people think. I found that to be true. I think it's also a confident thing. You've had more years under your belt to start seeing successes and know that you can handle hard things. And I had that confidence in me to say, okay, I'm going to work on this master's. And then from there, okay, I'm going to start this business and I'm going to be public on social media and it just snowballs and it keeps going. And there's always fear that something's not going to work out how you want it. But there's also a confidence in knowing, okay, so even if it doesn't, what's the worst that can happen? Am I going to die? No. (laughs) Pull it together and you'll move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. That's really, really, really true. You know, what you said about confidence too is it's not just the wins. It's just knowing that when it doesn't go the way that you wanted it to go, that you can handle those feelings as well. And you're right. I think over time, no matter what age we are, I think it's actually like the amount of times we're willing to try and handle any of the emotions and sensations that come up, all the spectrum, that's really what truly, truly builds our confidence. I think choosing a practice of possibility perspective is truly how I've called in so much of what I desire. And it was practicing that courageous muscle. And that's actually what built my confidence because sometimes it does feel like BS in our brain to say things like, you can have all that you desire, right? When in front of you, there's a big old pile of funk. You know what I mean? Like there's going to be funked up moments in life where you're just like, oh, that sounds great, but there's a big piece of funk right here. So you lose your job or you end your marriage, whatever it is that pops up. And 
that we aren't too fond of, that stuff can get us so stuck mm-hmm. and delay our desires. But if we talk about the possibility that perspective phrases have, one of the most powerful ones that you shared with me just recently was you say failure is just feedback. Right. And that was like, whoa, what do you mean by that? Failure is just feedback. Yeah. So I think about how you're graded in school. It's an F if you did not study or don't understand the information. It's a big old F for failure. So, and we kind of take that as at least my experience in the education system was then that's it. You moved on to the next unit and you never learned it. Yeah. Well, what if we had the time in our schooling where we received the F for like, okay, I really did not understand that. And we had time to be taught and really learn it. So that F on that one particular homework or test was just feedback saying, you're not ready to move on yet. So apply that to everything you do in life. So if I do go on social media and I have a bunch of people respond, which knock on wood, this has never happened, (laughs) but a bunch of people respond and they're like, that was horrible. You're making no sense. You don't know what you're talking about. Okay. That would be great feedback for me to say, all right, how did I message that? What can I do better? Again, use that as an opportunity. I might even, depending on like, you're going to have haters, right? You wouldn't want to waste time on haters. but If it does feel like genuine feedback from somebody, even not being afraid to follow up and saying, well, why did that not resonate with you? What seemed so off? And that's just great learning for me to do better moving forward. So I really wish in our culture that we would change this negative connotation with the word failure Yeah, to not be like, oh, that's end of your journey with that particular thing to, okay, well, I clearly need to get more information about this. How can I use this feedback and do better and, you know, excel next time? Mm, I love how you said failure is not final. Like don't make it so final. And I love how you use the analogy of school where you're just not ready to move on yet. You haven't embodied it. You haven't, there's so many classes that I got a good grade in and I'm kind of the opposite. Like I just did so many flashcards with my mom that I got A's and B's, but if it was graded on what I retained, I would have F'd so many classes, right? Because I just learned it for a hot minute versus actually really understanding all the stuff, which probably the F students just were like, well, I don't get it. I'm not going to pretend that I did. Here we go, right? Right. You're not ready yet. This is powerful thought also to some of my divorce besties out there who I've heard say so many times, my marriage failed. I'm a failure. I failed myself. I failed my family. I failed my future. And you can see how this perspective is painful. Just choosing that perspective is so painful. And we forget when we are feeling all funked up like this, that we have another option. So I love the shift to the possibility perspective of failure is feedback. I always invite my clients to ask in these types of moments, like, Uh, what meaning am I making out of like, what message am I making out of this? And what is this actually here to show me? Like you said, like, I'm just not ready to move on yet. So like, what is this here to show me? What is this here to teach me? When you're really staring at the stuck in the yuck, how do you look for other options, better options? This is just a part of my path, but I'm still driving. I'm still walking. I'm still moving in a forward motion, right? It's not like 
this huge setback, which is another perspective change. I heard this one the other day that I think is really cool. What if everything in life is a set up and there's no such thing as a setback? Yeah. What is like this that. setting me up for? Yeah. Right. If failure is feedback, what is this setting me up for? And that's to me the power of perspective. Along these same lines, you've said like life is just one big experiment. Tell us how this perspective helps. Yeah. So again, it goes back to the failure thing and that it doesn't have to be final. And what if we started thinking about, you know, like a science experiment when there is a science experiment going back to school again, geez, um, (laughs) when you had to do the science fair, you had to write down what you thought was going to happen. I won't remember all the terms, but what you thought was going to happen. And then you ran the experiment and then you put what actually happened. And at the end, it may or may not have happened as you predicted. But what was that? It was a big experiment to see what happened. So same thing with things in life. What if, like we spend so much time worrying about making the right decision when really you just need to make a decision And then again, you can learn from it. I like the phrase like make the right decision or make the decision right. So whatever you've decided to do, okay, now run with it, make it work for you. So um, thinking about, again, with that experiment in life's just a big experiment. Okay, well, I want to make this decision to leave this job and I'm going to be an entrepreneur, right? So what's the worst that can happen? Let's experiment with it and see, and it's going to work out, you know, either all of my hopes and dreams or it's not. And I'm going to learn from it and I'll move on to something else. I go back to this, like, but you won't die. I'm sure you've seen the workout shirt that says, you know, but did it kill you? (laughs) I'm like, I need that shirt for just my everyday life. Like the things that I decide to try and just, okay, but did it kill me? No, might not have been the best experiment or experience, but learn from it, move on. And here's the other thing too, is so when I became an entrepreneur, I had always said, I will never, because I watched my husband do it. I see that he's on the hook 24 seven when you're an entrepreneur and it's your business. I said, I will never, ever want to do that. And I started feeling when I had this nudge of, I want to teach women personal and professional development. I want to help them I know that I can help them get unstuck and not settle. So what's stopping me? And it became this, I'm really feeling like if I don't try this, that I will regret it more than I fear it. Mm. So that is one of the things I feel like with, you know, life's just a big experiment. Go ahead and try the thing because I feel like the worst possible thing is when you're on your deathbed. And you say, I regret X, Y, and Z. Like, how sad is that? So if you can just live your life to where when you get to the end, you're like, yeah, I have no regrets. That would just be awesome. That is, they've done studies with people on their deathbed. And the number one thing is like, I wish I would have done fill in the blank. So being able to have less fill in the blanks on your deathbed is a really powerful thing to go, you know what? I I gave it a try. It may not have been my thing, but I gave it a try. I love how you said, make a decision. 
make a decision. This is, I have a process called simple that I take people with. And it, it tells you like the steps of when you're in a funk, how do you get through it? And my catchphrase is like, it's simple. And the S stands for something. And I, anyways, the M stands for make a move, make a move, make a move, make a decision to actually do something different. Right. And I love how you said the experiment piece, because truly, truly, I believe that the world is our playground right? The world is our playground. And if we just stay curious, we can experiment and experience things that we would have never had access to before. So whenever I'm stuck, I've learned to get curious. And there are reasons why the word cure is in curious. It helps us heal when we get curious about others and ourselves and the world around us and experiment. Like you said, that is that is a cure that is really, really helps us heal. So you ask, what is the worst that can happen? Why does this work for you? Why does this, why is this such a powerful question to ask? Like you said, like you didn't die. Mm -hmm. And why is that so powerful? Yeah. So when we can all like our minds just go crazy with thinking about all the what ifs and all the horrible things that could happen. And I have always found that if I can just pause and ask myself, okay, what's the worst that can happen? And sometimes I do it, you know, just very realistically, like, okay, the worst that can happen is, gosh, I'm trying to think of an example. If, if I'm running late and then I have a flat tire, which makes me even more late and I don't show up on time and I get fired and I'm not going to get this promotion. And you can just let yourself go with those things that could realistically happen. Are they probably not? No. Or you can go to the far extreme and just be like really crazy things like, okay, if um, this person doesn't ask me out, then I'm never going to get married and I'm going to just be crazy cat lady. And eventually, you know, they're going to find me just dead with 40 cats around me, right? Like that's just a silly example of, you know, what's the worst that can happen. But what it does is it kind of just shakes your brain up to bring it back to, okay, now what's really happening and what's really the worst that could happen, probably none of these, right? Like in the first more realistic example, even if I'm running late and then did get a flat tire, what are the chances that your boss or wherever you're going, the people would be so not understanding that they would be mad and, you know, like you're out of here, you're fired or, or you're not getting the job or whatever, right? They would probably be compassionate, you know, but we don't think about all the positives and yeah, this will probably still work out for me. Our brains just want to go in the negative, like what's the worst thing that's going to happen? And that's really going to happen. Yeah. So for me, it's just kind of that thought interrupt. Okay, let's bring it back to what's really, it's not that bad and just move forward. Yeah, it's really entertaining. It's entertaining that part of the brain that will not let it go. It will not, because some people will say, well, just don't, don't think of the worst. Well, sometimes it's really hard to get the brain to slow down in those moments because it's so wrapped around it. And I do think, it's important to get out what I call the fear flashlight. And it's a tool that I use with my clients when they just can't stop thinking about the thing that might happen. And what our fear is asking us to do is just witness it. It's like walking into a dark cave and creating what your mind assumes. There's bats, there's bears, there's creepy crawlers probably in this cave, right? But if we shine a light on that and we look inside the cave and you look around, our brain can't go to work on the unknowns. It's like it sees it there, it realizes it. But what we don't do sometimes is we don't turn the flashlight on. 
We don't allow our minds to be soothed by the thought of all the things that you said, like flooding in, like just say them out, speak them out, put them out there, get them out, get them out of your system. So it's not going to continue to hold your happiness hostage. Like it's not going to hold your ideas hostage, especially if you're a creative person or trying to be creative person. Because I also practice a thing called A plus assumptions with my clients. Like if you're going down the path of the worst that can happen, I want you to do that. Go entertain the worst. Like you said, let's get there. Let's get it all out. And then I want you to entertain what's the best that can happen. Let's at least give ourselves a fair chance for both directions, right? I can see this like whole thing unraveling and going so horrible. And here's what it would look like. And now what's your A plus assumption? If everything goes the way that I would love it to go, this is what happens. And then you get to choose like letting your brain be in both spaces, let your body feel both vibrations and then take your next best step. Right. Yeah. I love that very balanced approach. Yeah. Let's balance it out. Do you have any other uh, possibility perspectives that you'd like to share today? Oh my gosh. I mean, I didn't prepare you for this. There's probably like 700. I know I'm thinking, well, if we were just talking and I could just go on and on possibility perspectives, other things when you were talking and it's funny too, because my brain, when you're actually talking about it, a million things are going on in my head. And then you ask the question and I'm like, Darren, that's right. <laughs> I do think though, I know one thing that kind of sparked in my brain when you're talking about it is looking at the fears when we do, like you used the analogy of shining a flashlight on it. I like to talk about facing your fears so that they don't hold power over you anymore. Because mm-hmm. like, if you're always afraid of, and now granted some things, you know, you do need to talk to a therapist about some of these are very deep seated, but I think about like, If I have a fear of public speaking, well, every time the opportunity comes up for me to do any sort of public speaking, I will just shut it down, right? If I'm afraid of it. My perspective on this and changing, you know, so that you have more possibilities to to get to your point is that what if I just face it? And again, there's that what's the worst that can happen, right? Like I might do a horrible speaking event. But I mean, I won't die. So at least I face the fear. And I know that next time I'm offered that opportunity, I can say yes to it. And it just, it doesn't hold that power over me anymore. So that's one of the things is I really just like to hit fear head on. Yeah, that's so true. That's the only way to shift it really is to face it. It really, really is. I've heard people say things like rejection equals redirection. I really love that perspective shift. Like anytime that, because so often we fear things because we're feeling like we're going to get rejected or we're not going to be accepted or we're no longer going to fit in. Really like that fear for both, that need for craving for belonging creates so many fear extremes in our lives. So like if we can remember that there is just like there's no setbacks, there's just setups. There's no rejection. There's just redirection. I had a coach one time that said, everything is happening for me in perfect timing. Like this is just a point on my path and I'm still on a path. I haven't stopped. I'm still moving forward. It's just a point. So everything's happening for me in perfect timing. When we use the possibility perspective, what do you feel like that allows us to do? Well, again, it's, I mean, it's, 
it's right in the the word, right? The possibilities are just, they're so endless. And even going back, bringing this full circle, talking about when I was a stay-at-home mom and using that, okay, I can, I can love my kids and be a good mom and have this, you know, whatever nurtures me personally and professionally to feel like I'm growing as a human. I think with that possibility, we get into roles sometimes, or we limit ourselves to what we've seen other people do so far or in our lives. Whereas we have to remember, we can really create things however we want. We don't always have that role model to see that. We don't always have the confidence or faith in ourselves to see that. But again, you know, what if you experiment and you say, well, I want to be a, you know, ballerina and a race car driver. Well, who's to say you can't, you just have to go out and start making a plan for that and let it happen. Yeah. Yeah. I love that too, because that just comes to the point of being authentically yourself, which is something that I know you give women so much permission to do by being the and, including the and, and having that possibility perspective, that and in and of itself allows you to just be authentically you and find your people. And as you say, find your happiness, find your people, find your happiness. You're such a super connector in the world of people and being able to show up authentically you is truly, truly one of the greatest gifts. Yeah. Well, again, talking about like people who, when they're afraid to go on social media, because they don't know what everybody's going to say. So there's all those people who know you in a certain role. And now you're coming on saying, okay, and I'm doing this, or you share something and you will censor yourself and kind of shut down, not be your authentic self. And again, playing small because you're afraid of of what people are going to say. Well, Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. Are you ever truly going to be 100% happy and maybe even limit you from finding your purpose and what you're supposed to be doing to have your best life? Whereas if you can show up in person or on social media or whatever, just completely authentically you, well, guess what happens? All the people who really are just not meant for your circle, your tribe, your life, are going to weed themselves out. Now, hopefully they don't make a big stink and pull you down and have to be haters with them. Hopefully they just kind of drift off, you know, because you've presented yourself authentically and you lose those fears about being yourself. Then I think you just attract your people. You're happier because of that. Your life has more meaning because you're not wasting your time on all the people who are not your people. Uh, you know, and this happens so often with the divorced women that I serve too. this, you kind of lose your sense of self when you go through divorce and you have identified for so long as a significant other or with a partner or as a unit or as a family that when that separation actually happens, you kind of go, I don't know who my authentic self is. And so we continue trying to play that role out over and over when that's actually not who we are anymore. And so coming to the space of relearning who you actually are without this other person or this family unit as it used to be is a really, really powerful, pivotal point in your life when you can use this possibility perspective and go, I'm just going to show up now because although it's going to be painful to 
perhaps lose some people that are no longer meant for me, that have been seemingly meant for me for a long time. What that does is when we rid ourselves of that, then we've made space for more people who are now in line with our life as this new version of ourselves or different version of ourselves. Yeah, Yeah. so true. So Amy, this has been a great chat. How can people get more of you in their lives? Yeah, well, thank you for this opportunity. Again, I'm on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn. My website is yourdevresource.com. It's short for your development resource. So just Y-O-U-R-D-E-V resource.com. Perfect. Yourdevresource.com and all the socials will be in the show notes, you guys. I always close with two questions. And the first one is, what's one thing that you love about you? So I love that I am resilient. So if something does not go my way, if something's getting me down, I allow myself that like disappointment or whatever, when you talked about being in a funk for a very short amount of time, but I rebound super quickly and I'm always on to the next thing. So I would say resilience has served me really well. I love that. And for those of you listening, that resiliency, I believe in reboundness comes from practicing. Like it comes from practicing and shortening the time to be able to navigate those moments and your emotions. And that happens when we don't shove it all down, shove it all down. Cause we usually practice shoving it all down. So the Mm -hmm. fact that you practice more, not shoving it all down and being disappointed and then moving on, that's really, really powerful. So I admire that in you. And then lastly, what does joy feel like in your body? Oh my gosh. Okay. Joy is like, it sounds corny, but like your heart sings. I think you've probably experienced this with me before with the the Learn Connect support community. When we are all together and the women are just talking and you lose track of time and you almost like an out-of-body experience, see yourself with this group and you're all connected and I'm so happy and there's just lightness and yeah, like my heart is just filled and singing with joy. That is awesome. I love hearing people's responses to this question. It's why I always ask it last because everybody answers it differently and you, but you can feel it. You can feel it when other people describe it. You can feel that joy just kind of bubbling up in your own system. So thank you for sharing all of your golden nuggets today. Thank you for coming on and just being authentically you and lending your light. It means a lot to myself and the community of listeners. And to those of you listening, make sure you go out into the world, shine your light bright and live a limitless life. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you loved the chat today, take a quick screenshot of this episode and send it to a friend. Connecting with you brings sunshine to my soul. So let's continue our conversation on Instagram at joyfully be and check out my soulful services at joyfullydivorced.com. Remember joy is contagious. So go out there, shine your light bright and live a limitless life.